Judges, chapter 3, verse 31. And the Bible reads, And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines six hundred men, and with an ox goad he also delivered Israel. I want you to catch that last line. And with an ox goad, he also delivered Israel. This morning I want to speak to you from a simple subject against all odds but God. Father, I thank you for the anointing that lifts burdens and destroys yokes. I thank you, Lord, that everything that is needed in this house, every individual, with every circumstance represented, we declare and decree your word will fight the battle on their behalf. We honor you and we adore you and we give you praise that the work is done in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Against all odds. Have you ever been in a place where the odds were against you and not for you? If you ever played any type of sport or any type of uh, activity, <laughs> I remember at a, at a young age uh, playing football and baseball and basketball, one thing that uh, didn't always feel too good was having the odds against you. When you was expected to lose, I want you to understand something. The enemy expects you to believe that you're going to lose. But the good news is we got to know as sons and as daughters that the kingdom of God may suffer violence, but the violent take it by force. When you know who you are in Christ, you don't have to look at circumstances and let it make, make it back you up against the wall. This morning, I want you to, if you've been feeling like the odds are against you, I want to give you some hope and let you know that if God's in it, then God can turn it around. He can fix the problem. He can turn the situation. What do you do when the odds are against you and you're feeling, maybe you can all relate, overwhelmed? When we're overwhelmed, when we're bombarded, when we're carrying a load, sometimes it's easy for us to feel stuck and get in a place where we can even be complacent where we feel this is as good as it's going to get. This is how it's supposed to be. God's forgotten about me. And we almost become pity. We feel pity for ourselves. The moment that we feel we are trapped, our spiritual reactions begin to be fleshly driven. And I really want to caution you today to remind you you're not a, you're not a body locked up in a spirit. You are a spirit locked up in a body. Only reason you're walking around in that good-looking body of yours, I know all of you are looking good today. The only reason you are walking in that body of yours today is because God needed a housing to, to house His Spirit inside of you. You need to understand that that Spirit, Scripture teaches this way, greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Not greater is the trouble, not greater is the problem, I'm here to tell you God uses odds that are not for us to test us and teach us that His grace is sufficient every time. 
When the odds are against you, I know the odds don't look good for segregation circumstances because of skin color. I know the odds don't look good according to the world because of denominational disagreements. I know we got elephants over here and we got donkeys over here. I understand the political realm. The odds don't look good. There's not much unity anywhere you look. But let me explain something to you. I'm still encouraged because I know at the end of this book, Scripture teaches me we still win. And if you're a Christian in here, you don't have to be overwhelmed by circumstances. You can let a praise arise inside of you and begin to declare, I will live and I will not die. It's important that we notice and see God's hand moving in our lives. Maybe in your marriage, maybe in your finances, maybe you're struggling in relationships. You got bad reports on the job. Here's my, good, here's, here's, here's my good news for you. God is still for you. It's not against you. So, I, I like this text today. There's not a whole lot to say about this, this young man. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a young man here in this passage that we don't hear a lot about. Shamgar. Everybody say that with me. Say Shamgar. It's just a strong name. I, I like that. Shamgar. Shamgar would have probably been a fullback or a linebacker. He was Shamgar. Shamgar was one of the judges out of 12 in the book of Judges that God would use to rescue and impact his people, the children of Israel. Shamgar was nobody fancy. He was no one uh, with money. He, wasn't, he didn't have no big... Uh, calling necessarily. He, he wasn't some big stature guy. He, he, he wasn't in the political realm where he had all the say-so and control. No, no. Shamgar was actually, history tells us he was just an old farmer. But he was, he was a willing vessel. The Bible says in chapter 3 of the book of Judges that God left five kings to rule and reign over the Philistines. And the Philistines, the kings, would make the decisions for the land. The children of Israel wound up tying themselves to the, these five groups. They would marry the daughters, and sons would marry daughters, daughters would marry sons, and, and they would intertwine. And, and if you know anything about the Philistines, you remember David. David was always fighting the Philistines. It was Samson who would fight the Philistines. And, and uh, so the Philistines was a large group of people. But the Bible says that God specifically in chapter 3 that he left five kings in charge to watch, test his children. He wanted to teach them some things. And every time they got a little lackadaisical, they would put themselves in a place where they would serve idol gods and they would sin and, and, and walk away from the commandments of God that Moses had laid in place, and they would do their own thing. And then when they got in trouble, they would come running to the Lord and say, Oh God, would you please rescue us? Would you please change our circumstance? And they would repent. And then God would bring a judge in this season. It's kind of like us today. We can almost get to the place where we get so complacent and so... Uh, simplistic, that we, we leave God out of, our, out of our lives. We quit praying, we quit reading, we quit studying, we quit being faithful to His house. And then when there's trouble, we come running 
Now, I will tell you, God will always use your trouble to get you on your knees to call out to Him. He's always done it. And we can see it in this passage. There was two other judges that arose in the first book of, 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 of chapter 3 of the book of Judges. One was uh, a guy by the name of uh, Othniel. O-T-H-N-E-I-L. He was the brother of Caleb. Remember Caleb and Joshua. And uh, Othniel, he, he rose... And he began to judge the people. He said, hey, guys, you need to get this thing back in order. You need to begin to pray again, repent, turn back to the Lord, get things, check your house, check your heart. And for 40 years, things went well. Then the Bible says that the children of Israel turned their heart back away again. And another young man, another judge was assigned. His name was Ehud, or Ehud, however you want to name it. And Ahud did a great job. For 80 years, their hearts turned. People repented. They were doing right. There was peace in the land. 80 years later, there came, again, God's people turned their back. I want you to notice how a cycle, when when you get so comfortable that you allow the odds against you, it's, it's easier to go with the grain than against the grain. It's easier to join the crowd instead of making a stand in the midst of uh, uh, obscurity. And, and you may not be uh, the majority, okay? You may be the minority, but I want you to understand that with God, you're always more than enough. When He's on your side, you always got what you need. There are some things that I want to remind you in this passage. There, this young man by the name of Shamgar, he didn't have much. He wasn't, he, he, he wasn't named much. He, he, matter of fact, the Bible says that all he had, he had himself a stick. And that stick was called a, 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 an ox goad. This farmer would use this ox goad out in the, plowing the field. And, and anytime the ox would stop, he would take about an eight to six foot uh, stick with a, uh, a point on the end of it. He would give that ox a little poke. And he didn't have much. But God saw something in Shamgar that said, I can use him to touch my people, to lead my people, to change circumstances, to shift a generation. I've come to tell somebody, I believe God, you may not have much, but I believe God has handpicked some people in this place. It could be you, could be you, could be whoever it is. If you, as you are staying surrendered to his will, I believe there's some Shamgars in the room that God wants to use to free his people, to lead some worship, to lead some praise, to lead some prayer. I believe there's some sham guards in this place that God wants to call out of darkness and use for his kingdom and for his light. Sham guard didn't have much, but he, he did have some traits that we can learn from. And I know he only had one verse. Somebody said, well, what are we going to do if all the odds are against us? What are we going to do whenever things don't look like they're ever going to turn around. Well, 1 Corinthians 13 gives us an, uh, uh, some, some good answers. Verse 6 says it like this. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Verse 7 says love is a safe place. It's a shelter. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never gives up. So there's one quality we could find is that love will always fight our battles. Love will always give us victory. If there's one thing I want you to leave here with is, number one, I want you to learn when you're standing against odds, 
One quality that I see in Shamgar is that he had, he had to start where he was. Can I encourage you today? You need to start where you are. Somebody said, well, when I get my money or when I get a better job or when I get a new car. No, no. Just learn to start where you are. Somebody said, well, I don't know if this racist thing's ever going to change. Listen to me. You ain't got to worry about everybody else. Start with you right where you're at. Start loving your neighbor as yourself. Start, start giving whenever everybody else is taking. You can change a generation. You can change a circumstance and an atmosphere by simply loving and starting where you are. May not make sense, may not have all the answers, may not be popular. Shamgar had 600 to 1 odds. The Bible says that 600 men came out on his land. And nobody, they couldn't call the police, couldn't call the government, couldn't call the president, couldn't call anybody in to fix the problem. Shamgar had to simply make a stand. He took that old ox goad, and the Bible says with the ox goad, he defeated 600 men. Well, not for me, buddy. I would need a machine gun. Or give me some helicopters and tanks or something. I mean, he's facing uh, ISIS. Alex, take this bass out of this mic, buddy. You're killing me. Give me some highs. Now, it's important. Honey, give me that mic. It's bugging me. I ain't going to use it. We're changing mics, gentlemen. Don't I sound good? Hmm. <laughs> Ox goad. You got to learn to start where you are. Let me give you some scriptures. Zechariah 4 and 6 says it like this. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by the spirit of the Lord that's within you. You got to start where you are. Job 8 and 7 says it like this. Though your beginning was small, yet your latter end will increase abundantly. Well, when I get this and when I get that, when I go here and when I go there, no, no, just start where you are. When I get 18, no, start when you're 12. When I, I'll start reading my Bible when I get in trouble. No, read now before you get in trouble so that when trouble comes, you, you'll have a, an answer to, to rebuke the devourer. You've got to learn how to know God's Word. Start where you are today. When I get more money in the bank account, no, when you do, You'll be trusting your money more than you'll trust God. I'm telling you, God always uses tests to keep us in a place of humility and try us to say, you know what? I need your faith to grow in me. Shamgar was a man whose faith was not in himself. It wasn't even in a stick. He was just using what he had. And he started where he was. Zechariah 4 and 10 says it like this. For who has despise the day of small beginnings. Sometimes because of what we have looks small, we don't think it can be powerful. I got news for you. God can take what's small in the eyes of God and do supernatural things with it if you put it in His hands. He's a faithful God. The key to success is to simply start right where you are. Think about it. Noah didn't wait for somebody to bring him a boat. He built his own boat. Noah didn't stand around and make excuses. I got news for you. If you're too big to do small things, 
going to say this real, real big and real, real fat in your face. If we're too big, I'm talking to all of us. If we're too big to do small things, then we'll always be too small to do big things for God. We've got to learn how to start where we are. Might be in the building and the air conditioning ain't working too good. We're sweating like pigs in this place. I am at least. And, but I got, I got to encourage you today that you might not have much, but if you got yourself an ox go, just, just use what you got. Pick the stick up. Moses didn't have much, but he started where he was. What's that in your hand? It's just a stick, God. Throw it down. It turned to a snake. Pick it up. Stretch it out across the Red Sea, and I'll part the waters. Moses started where he was. All I'm telling you is things may not look good on the outside. Obstacles and the odds might not be in your favor right now. Maybe your wife is headed to the divorce court tomorrow, sir. But can I explain to you, that doesn't mean you have to give up today. You can pull your shoulders back, lift up your heel, your head, and like David declare, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help and declare my help doesn't come from money, doesn't come from lawyers, doesn't come from doctors, doesn't come from people. My help comes from the Lord. And if we stay sure and founded on the Word and God, we will overcome. The Bible says he defeated 600 men. Why? Because he started where he was. Proverbs 18 and 18 says it like this. A man's gift makes room for him. You hear that? It's not your good looks. I'm sorry. I just messed us all up. It ain't how popular you are, how many likes you got on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. A man's gift. When you put your gift in the hands of God, he will make room for you. We start where we are. Amen? Number two, this little simple message is almost over. We're going to beat everybody to lubies. You ready? Start with what you got. Start where you are. Number two, start with what you got. All Shamgar had was an ox goat. Wasn't much, but it was enough. Many of us go around saying, you know, when things change in my life. No, let me ask you something. What if it doesn't change? What if your situation doesn't change? What if your circumstance, what if your wife does die? What are you going to do? What if your children do leave God? What if your husband does leave you, ma'am? I'm convinced that in this society, what, it could be that all the hell that, God, uh, uh, that God's people, as well as those outside the church are seeing, it could be a place where God's trying to wake us up and say, hey, who's your source? Who's your dependency on? Joshua had to make a stand in a place of obscurity and, and feeling alone. He had to make a stand in the midst of over 2 million people and say, listen, guys, y'all do what you want. Serve all the idol gods you want. Do all the crazy mess that you want. Live how you want to. But he took, put his feet in the sand and he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know what he was saying? He was saying, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep going to church. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep being faithful. I'm going to keep letting my gift be used by God. And I know at some point, sooner or later, I've been doing this my whole life. Joshua said, but at some point, he's going to use me to bring him glory. And we know the story of Joshua. Joshua led the children of Israel to Canaan's land. He walked them to the promise. And all I'm telling you is, you've got to learn 
So start with what you've got. Start where you are. Start with what you've got. David, you know the story. He started with what he had. He had a a rag and he had a rock. The Bible says he went and got him five smooth stones. I don't think he needed all five stones because he was, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't think he, he picked those five stones up necessarily to look good. I think he picked up five stones in case he missed with the first four. I think he was a, re- he was a realist. I think he, he, he understood that if God wasn't in what he was doing, he would fail. Can I tell you something? If God's not in what you're doing, you're not going to last. That's what the Word teaches. Heaven and earth's going to pass away, but His Word is forever settled in heaven. We, this, this, this church, vessel, our family, we must be rooted and grounded. we got to stay rooted and grounded on the Word. Somebody said, it ain't much. Yeah, but it's still here. It's been here longer before you got here, and it'll be here after you're gone. God's Word is forever settled in heaven. It will change, and, and it will perform all things for your good. God's Word works. Scripture teaches us. I like this verse. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus and the author, the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was Jesus doing? For the joy that was set before him. He had a vision. He had a dream of what could be if he finished what he started. He saw what you and I could be if he conquered death, hell, and the grave. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. It was the joy that gave him peace and comfort that held him to that cross that you would be delivered of sin, that you would be delivered of circumstances and have hope to face tomorrow when the odds were against you. We got to have a vision. The Bible says without vision, what? People what? People perish. Start having a vision. Somebody said, what do I got? You've you got dreams. How many has got a dream in here? Come on, some of you are dreaming that your husband will pick up his dirty clothes. Come on. you got dreams. you got to keep speaking those dreams. Don't let your dream die. Ox, uh, Shamgar had an ox goat. Wasn't much, but he had a dream that he wasn't going to let the enemy run havoc over his farm and take what God had given him. I'm just here to tell you, you don't have to allow the enemy to run over you. You can have the victory. It starts, watch, nine times out of ten, victory starts right here. It starts right in your head because the enemy, he, he just, I'm going to put this right here so you just keep seeing it. I don't want you to forget. It's got the Ten Commandments on it too. Somebody gave me that, I like it. What else do you got? You not only got dreams, but you got a hope. You got a hope and a sure foundation in the name that's above every name. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, you can know that he will raise up a standard against it. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to hope that he's going to show up. You don't have to think. You can know. Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings. What was Paul saying? He said, I don't want to just know God in the good times. I want to know him in the bad too. 
I want to know it when all the odds are against me. I want to know that I don't have to worry and I don't have to fret. I don't have to turn and, and walk away from the church and walk away from prayer and walk away from faith. I can simply look to him as the author and finisher of my faith. We can know him. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you, do you know him? Ask him, do you know him? It's important that you know the Lord. Don't get, get discouraged about where you are. You know in your mind God's given you a dream. You know in your mind God's given you a vision. Listen, we've got a passion. You should have a passion to live life to the fullest. My Lord, we've been out of church for 12 weeks. We ought to be dancing a little bit and shouting a little bit. We ought to have something to lift up our voice about. We done came out of quarantine for 12 weeks. We ought to sweat a little bit. We ought to dance a little bit. Why? Because God's been too good to me to sit down on him. Come on. I've been trapped up in that house with that crazy wife, a crazy husband, a crazy kid. Not my wife. She ain't crazy. <laughs> I've enjoyed every minute of it, baby. I'm, I love you. We can do 12 more weeks if you want to. Come on. <laughs> I ain't no dummy. All right, so you got to have a passion. Revive the passion in your heart. You know, it was passion that, that got the, who was it, that woman with the issue of blood. It was her passion that caused that issue to cease. Everybody was surrounding Jesus. He's walking down the streets, and everybody else has got the needs that, that they have. And, but she was so passionate. The law said she couldn't get to him, but the law couldn't keep her from pressing in and touching the hem of his garment. It was her passion to be made whole. Where is your passion? Is your passion for yourself, or is your passion for kingdom? Is your passion for the lost or is your passion for a new purse or new shoes or a nice dress? Is your passion to build a building with people in it or is your passion to rescue people from hell and get them to a place called heaven? I'm here to tell you if we'll have a passion, it'll be unstoppable. Her passion got her what she needed because she used what she had. If you'll use what you have, your passion will pull on the presence of God. Blind Bartimaeus, he had a passion to be healed. And his eyes would be opened. Don't let the pastor have the passion. You have the passion. My Lord, if you're depending on me and Pastor Brooke to do it all, then let's close the doors right now because we got troubles just like you. This is for the kingdom. You're here because the kingdom. You're not here because a fancy preacher or a good song or a good, good message. You're here because you want to see some supernatural things happen in your family, in your life, to honor and glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That better be why you're here. Because you want to do something that's never been done before. What would happen if you started doing something you've never done before? What would happen if you started having a passion that started impacting your neighbors? Next door. It was that passion that even though people were saying, shut up, blind Bartimaeus, he ain't got time for you. It was his passion that made him cry out all the more. I'm here to tell you, you can start with what you've got. Number three, my last thought, start doing what you can do. Start doing what you can do. God will do the rest. You start doing what you can do. Can you get plugged in? 
can you get connected? Once we're getting growth track back back in place, we got some new systems we're putting putting back in place now. Now that we're getting back in the routine of that. But listen, we don't want to just do it the same old same old. If something did, wasn't working, we're gonna change it. We're gonna shift it. Be ready to shift. Be ready to move. Because the enemy's always working, and and what worked one day may not work the next day. So we got to be willing to work together. The odds may be against us. The world don't want the church to come together. Satan don't want people to walk in unity. He wants black people and white people and brown people and purple people. He wants all the. He wants us all to stay segregated. He wants that. David, I love you just like I love my blood brother. We should see color. That's the uniqueness of God. That's the beauty of God. That's his creation. Yeah, we're all different. I'm glad you don't all look like me. It'd be a pretty, pretty bad thing. I'm glad we don't all look like you. God's done amazing things, but listen, let's not put our head in the sand and feel like, well, if we don't do nothing, it'll just go away. We've done that enough. The churches went in the closet and all everybody that was in the closet's come out. Why don't we come out of the closet with some power and authority and say, you know what? For God I'll live, for God I'll die. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody, you, we've got to have some passion. And we pull on the things of God. When Jesus turned water into wine, David, he, 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 wasn't, uh, he wasn't planning on turning water into wine, was he? Matter of fact, the Bible says when his mama looked at him and said, hey, Jesus, we need a miracle. We we done ran out of wine. The party ain't ain't, ain't even over yet. And he said, woman, my time isn't right now. I believe she looked at him, gave the eye and said, boy, I'll knock you. She said, just do it. Looked at the disciples and said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. What was she doing? Her passion was pulling on a miracle. Your passion can pull a miracle out of your circumstance. Pull a miracle out of the odds that are against you. Don't stop having a passion. Start doing what you can. You can pray, can't you? Bible says in John 14, 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You can stay focused. The Bible says in Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I don't, he said, I'm not going to do two or three things. I'm going to stay focused on one thing. I'm going to forget the things which are behind. I'm going to reach forth to the things which are before. And I'm going to press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I'm not telling you let's do two, three, four, or five things. Let's do one thing. Let's stay focused. Come on. If you're having addictions and you're having uh, temptations and you're falling consistently, listen, let's just, just deal with one situation at a time. Amen. Don't feel like you're a throwaway. Don't feel like you're, you, God's going to give up on you. No, 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 no. Start doing what you can. Keep your mind. I'm going to leave you with this verse. Keep your mind on what God's Word says. You can pray. You can stay focused. and You can keep your mind on what God's Word says. What does his word say? The Bible says in Joshua 1 and 8, this, is, this was uh, his declaration. He, and this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I'm going to meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then 
you will have good success. See, success will come when you're focused on one thing. When you meditate on God's word day and night. Don't meditate on what the media is saying. Mm. Quit listening to what social media is showing us. Quit listening to Fox and CNN. I'm, I'm not here to debate. I'm here to tell you, you can't feed yourself defeat and walk in victory. You can't feed yourself on fear and have faith. It doesn't work that way. The enemy has come to do three things. He wants us to walk in fear. COVID-19. Everybody get away from each other. He wants to cause hate for each other. Here comes all the separate, you know, you know what we're dealing with, with all this nationality stuff and all, all the, whether you're north, south, east, it's just the enemy just wants to separate us. Hate on each other. And greed. What's in it for me? That's the wrong question. What's in you for him? What's in you for him? I'm done. The odds are against us. But God. We don't have much. But if we'll do what we can. God. Will do what he can. And what he does. Is enough. And every single time. We'll have victory. In our circumstances. Thank you for joining me today. I trust and believe that God's Word has strengthened your faith. Why don't you visit me at DarrenFarmer.com and let's do life together on all social media platforms. And as always, your prayers and your financial giving is always welcome. God bless you.